Welcome, everyone. <clears throat> I'm going to continue our exploration of self and no self. And a reminder that each of you appearing here today is an act of no self, of generosity. Because certainly you can meditate at home and you can meditate in bed and you can meditate in your pajamas um, and you can meditate at breakfast, nice and cozy in your home. But you chose to support the Dharma, to make your way to Oan, uh, to sit with others and to support the practice of others. So this is a, an act of moving beyond self-centeredness into service, into generosity. So thank you for showing up. It's an important part of practice. We have been um, exploring for now three weeks this notion of no-self, which is a core teaching of the Buddha. One of the three marks of existence, anatta, no-self. Anika, impermanence. And dukkha, suffering. All things no self, impermanence, suffering. Of course, these are all interrelated. So once you begin exploring one, you will inevitably enter the others. So just to kind of refresh our memories about this sense of self that we have, when we use the word I, and we use the word I a lot, in fact, I knew, a, a, I don't know whether you've ever heard of the Peace Pilgrim, but uh, she was a, a woman who walked across the United States, um, landing wherever she landed and being uh, at the mercy of the generosity of people where she uh, she landed after she was walking as long as she could. Well, she and she wrote a little book called Peace Pilgrim, uh, and she experimented with trying to avoid using the word I, and it was impossible. <laughs> so, this sense of I that we have this feeling that somehow there is a core being called Alexi, Shulong, Laura, Pete, Steve, Kelly, Joe, Mado, <laughs> that there, there is this being there. Uh, and this being, this I, walks around, goes through daily life, sort of as the sun of the center of the universe. 
and all everything else is a sort of planetary planetary things rotating around this I being and in some sense it's sort of magnetized by by all these other planets so this this self this self that's moving through your daily life is actually invented in order to to create a sense of control in a world that is fundamentally uncontrollable that is we have this puny little being here has very little control over what's going on in the world and so this is scary and so in order to feel less frightened we develop this this i being and we give it a name and we all of us have names and we have story around that which kind of builds up this i i i use these post-it things that stick together and build this this i thing and the i is the subject of the universe is the subject of all things everything else is a predicate for this being i am master and control mistress and control of my world and we we move around in our daily living with this feeling that i'm i'm the one i'm the boss and that i which we have constructed from the moment we're born and others have helped us construct this give, give, giving us this sense of what we call identity this core identity that we have that we feel is quite real and if we investigate it as we talked about last week we will find that it's actually made up of all non-you elements so this this you is is nothing but a constructed being that you have developed over the course of your life and that gives rise this subject gives rise to mine me so i is the subject and me is the object things come to me things happen to me now i do things i exert my power and mastery in the world but also things happen to me and in a sense i can become the victim so the me is also the victim somebody says something that hurts me that and we we take the things that happen around us as somehow targeted to this i which becomes then the me and i receive things um there's this there's this wonderful story of the rowboat which i've told a number of times 
um, where this fellow is out on a misty morning in a rowboat and the mist is very thick and he's kind of rowing around and he, through the mist he sees something that resembles another boat and it seems to be coming toward him and he kind of suddenly his muscles kind of tense up and as the fog clears he discovers, yes, this boat is definitely moving in his direction and tensing up even more and getting all kind of ready to respond to this what seems to be an attack and the fog clears more and sure enough this boat bangs right into his his boat and he feels this surge of anger uh, arising except that he the fog clears completely and he sees there's no one in the boat there's no one in the other boat it just happened to hit him and immediately his anger and his tension disappeared so this sense that things are coming toward us deliberately that someone says something that hurts us or makes us angry that sticks to us we 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 take everything as we say personally instead of understanding that things are just bumping around in the world they don't really care that much about you, you know? but this sense of I is oh man that that really that person really bothered me that person angered me that person hurt me so mine is a is a result of I and not only can we become a victim and a lot of people live their lives in with this sense of victimization this everything goes wrong with me everything doesn't turn out I mean I'm just so unlucky as if the world is against you sometimes it gets as bad as becoming paranoia you know that everything is attacking me on the other side the mind also can have this um, accumulative effect so that in order to strengthen the eye the mind begins to accumulate things like like as a kid we accumulated stars at least we did when I was a kid (laughs) you join the clean play club in school and you get a star probably that's not I'm dating myself. Uh, uh, but from very early on, I got an A. You know, I achieved this. I achieved that. This is mine. This is my career. This is my child. This is my wife or husband. This is my lover. This is my car. This is my house. <laughs> These are my friends. These are all mine. (laughs) 
I think there's there's another song uh, I remember hearing at the Woodstock Festival. Your children are not your children. Really, nothing is yours. It's just an illusion because you have this sense of I that things stick to, and they're mine. And we get very upset when things start not being mine. (laughs) He took this from me, or this person left me. This person was mine, and then they're no longer mine. Or somebody takes my... uh, Somebody took my shoes once. (laughs) Angry. There's another saying in Zen that if you went... If today you went home with another somebody else's pair of shoes, the shoes wouldn't care. And nor should you. <laughs> so, again, if you begin examining this construct that we have, that according to the Buddha, this is a profound source of suffering. And, of course, the Buddha was all about liberation from suffering. This I, this I, this me, this mine, creates so much suffering because we have to protect this I, we have to defend this I, we have to keep feeding this I (laughs) with more stuff, more more achievements, more gold stars. And why do we have to keep feeding it? Because it doesn't exist. It can never have enough. It's like, um, you know, your car. It's Your car is a construct. It doesn't have a core being. It's something put together, and then things start going wrong, right? No. Your brakes fail, or or new brakes, and your windshield wiper doesn't work. New windshield wiper. And then your transmission goes, (laughs) and you repair that. And at some point, you have to decide, is this thing worth continuing to feed or should I just get rid of the car of course you then buy a new construct which is sometimes what we do with our identity you know, we, we wear out you know, we keep feeding this identity feeding it, feeding and feeding it and it never it costs us a lot to keep feeding it and at some point we may decide this i got to change my identity. But the point is not to build a new car. The point is to walk. Not, not to build a new car at all. To let go of that sense of needing to be this I that is running on all ten cylinders. This doesn't mean you can't live in the world but not to, to try to, to explore living in the world by diminishing the significance 
of this construct that we've created. So, how can we live our lives impossible to not to use I and not to begin to feel things are mine and I'm achieving things in the world we actually can't teach this or we, we can't teach this no self but we can learn it as you were saying you know, we can't teach compassion we can't we can't teach someone how to be compassionate but we can learn how to be compassionate we can practice because what we're practicing is getting in touch with reality to move beyond the illusion that we are not compassionate to the reality that we are to move beyond the delusion that we have a self that's that's ongoing that's a core being that persists through time that that persists from the time we're born to the time we pass away that somehow there's this this ongoing thing stuff meanness that that's a delusion so how can we live out of the deepest reality in our everyday lives how can we get in touch with that so I'm going to suggest some ways one of the ways is that we can become aware of the language we use and how that feeds how that feeds this sense of separateness of separate self for example do you ever catch yourself yourself saying this is me this is just the way i am i'm just i'm just not a compassionate person uh, i'm just basically depressed or to others he's basically an angry person he's always been that way and he always will be or i just have this inferiority complex i i just don't believe i'm i'm worthy and i've never believed that and i never will so this sense that this is who i am i am this kind of person when you catch yourself saying that become aware there's no truth to that whatsoever there is no such thing as this person being a certain way that's just an illusion you you are constantly constantly changing constantly changing there is no underneath thing that doesn't change 
And you will discover that when you practice, when you sit. You will discover, and I discovered that during, as I said, one sashin, that I was looking for the real me, the real me. Couldn't find it. All I discovered was I needed to quit my job at Penn State. (laughs) (laughs) That was my big big discovery. It was just what I needed to do at that particular time. There was no me, 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 me to discover. There was just, what did I need to do next? (laughs) Or what was necessary next? And that was, and I did. I just acted on that and so I was no longer a professor at Penn State. Wow! And my family said, they didn't, I mean, they didn't say Mado because I wasn't Mado. And they said, Barbara, you're going to go crazy. (laughs) (laughs) From the time you were a little girl, you wanted to be a professor. And you were a professor for your whole adult life. And you're just going to go crazy because you won't have that identity. I didn't go crazy. I loved it. (laughs) I didn't think about Penn State for one instant after I quit, except when people would say, (laughs) oh, you're not at Penn State anymore? (laughs) No. And now what am I? I'm this. This construction, it has a costume, it has a stick, it has a cushion, it has all the trappings of this thing, this construction. Um, Just as being a professor had the uniform, it had the books, it had the, the lectures, it had my little office, it had all that little story around it. But that was constantly changing too. There seem to be these milestones in our lives when things radically change. And we say, oh, who am I now? But who are you now, right now? Nothing like what you were when you entered the doors of Oan. You're just in a constant state of flux. So catch yourself when you begin thinking of, oh, I'm just, this is who I am. Mm -mm. Just be aware of that and and try to not say that. The other way you can begin to let go of this sense of self is to listen more. To just be quiet more. And not to feel as if you always have to interject yourself, have an opinion, have a, uh, a suggestion. Um, I give the example of this flower arranging that I do and uh, at my practice center in California I did a flower arrangement for the altar and the doshi for the day, the teacher, was admiring that during his dharma talk and he thought that someone else 
in the audience had done the flower arrangement and he said thank you very much to this other person for doing such a beautiful flower arrangement and I was (laughs) no it was me me and I, I had to hold I held that and it my first reaction was he has he's wrong he's wrong I have to make I have to make myself I have to make myself visible I have to make myself the one who achieved that and as a practice point it was for me breathe just see what it feels like not to pull that thing to me make it mine but let it just let it be to the other person even though it was wrong and yet it wasn't wrong it wasn't mine it was just there now it was just there as a flower arrangement it wasn't mine anymore so it felt first it felt horrible and then it felt really good I can just sit here and not have to be praised and not have to live up to that praise maybe in the future so it was kind of liberating not to have to hold on to that as my achievement when you're talking as I'm doing now when you're talking you are taking a certain authority you're listening to me and that makes it easy for me to feel yeah I'm I'm really important because all these people are listening to me this happens in conversation even in a group you're talking and other people are listening and wow it's the feeling of self of self-importance of self-centeredness but when you're listening you're just a part of it you're just a part of the scene you don't emerge as someone of significance so listen more don't don't feel that you always have to speak generosity that's a big one that's the first paramita of the ten paramitas so important when you give and and there are many kinds of giving that the Buddha talked about but when you give you are always giving yourself away no matter no matter what you give and on what level you are always giving yourself away because you're letting go of what's mine my money my money 
And, of course, the more you give away, yikes. Uh, I, when my daughter, when my daughter lived in California, she really was, she, she never had a very well-paying job because she was always an activist and they don't pay very well. (laughs) (laughs) uh, So she really had a hard time making ends meet in California. And I just decided I was going to buy her a house. It was a fixer-upper in California, in Oakland. This meant that I had to give away half of my retirement fund. That was huge for me. Because I, had, I, have, I came from a very poor family, and I built that up so that I would never, ever have to worry about money that I would never feel stressed the way my family did when I was young. So to give away half of my pension was huge, and I struggled with that. But once I did, it was, it's gone. It was, it, it, it didn't bother me at all because there was a sense that it it really wasn't mine to begin with it was just stuff sitting in a bank account or in a pen, in a in stocks or whatever and the mindness i mean how could that be mine <laughs> the mindness was just something i created in my head and it was proven out by the fact that once it was gone, I didn't feel any less. <laughs> I didn't feel any less me or whatever. I'm still living my life, but it really felt like I gave something away to someone I cared about and someone who could benefit from that. Never thought about it again. So generosity, giving of your time, of your energy, without expecting results or recognition. And there are many kinds of, many kinds of giving, which I've talked about in the past, and maybe we'll talk about it again. So, you know, there's a Donna box downstairs. Nobody knows. So that kind of anonymous giving is it's a f- profound giving because it feels like you're not getting any recognition <laughs> and you're giving something. You're just giving yourself away. I guess, yes. So, so I still have a whole page of... <laughs> next week (laughs) so thank you for giving me your attention which is a wonderful thing